0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com sitting across from me as usual is senior writer Jonathan Strickland.
0: Hey there. Oh my gosh. I know I've I've changed things up. I I got tired of uh pulling out quotes and so I have decided spontaneously and without precedent to drop it and uh and uh, just uh, just say howdy <laughs> or whatever, you know. I, I wonder I,
1: how many uh listeners we have from that early period when you used to do that all the time.
0: Yeah, uh the hey there and yeah. then I after hey there I think I went to various greetings from around the world. Yes. And then I started doing random quotes of uh I think it was first movies and then music and then I went to novels. Yeah. Well, uh, I you know you gotta change things up every now and then. We've we've done more than four hundred episodes now. So. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about what our topic's going to be today because it's it's a heavy topic and this was something that was requested by several of our listeners.
1: Well, it's not much of a surprise that people would be interested in hearing about it. It's been uh, spending a lot of time in the news right around the time that we're recording this, which is very early May of 2012. Yes, technically,
0: we're recording this on Star Wars Day. May the Fourth be with you. That's right. And uh it is all about the Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act of twenty eleven, also known as CISPA. Yep. And uh CISPA is one of those things that a lot of people have probably heard about. I mean it's one of those uh you know like I've seen the acronym pop up on Twitter a lot. Well right? yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. I mean it's you know it's it does involve uh traffic on the internet and uh and so clearly anyone who uses the internet is interested in this sort of thing, at least from a tangential perspective, even if they don't know what all the deal is. Now, there's a lot of confusion out there, too, because I see a lot of people who assume that CISPA is just a reworded uh, uh, approach to doing SOPA or PIPA, which are the piracy acts that were proposed in 2011. Yar. Yeah. And those were acts against piracy, not for. So... I don't want to give the wrong impression. But yeah, back, <laughs> but those those were all um about uh you know uh, finding ways to allow the government to to pursue people who pirated Intellectual property.
1: Yeah, and we're it, talking about the United States government, of course. Yes, we do yes. have a lot of foreign listeners. That's true. Listener, Well, foreign to us. Foreign to us. They're domestic to themselves.
0: That's true. Um, but yeah, some we have some of them have, are more domestic than others.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. Well, we we do have a lot of listeners from around the world, many yes. many countries around the world. So, uh, none, nonetheless, since the internet is uh, a worldwide entity, and a lot of the content we're talking about is uh, born in the United States, it would have an effect right. uh, on traffic worldwide.
0: And, and SOPA and PIPA were both actually directed by the United States to, to target sites that were outside the jurisdiction of the United States in order to find a way to combat piracy. Because as Chris just pointed out, you know, the internet's a global entity. It does not belong to the United States. It is not you know, housed in the United States, it is truly all over the world, which causes some issues when you're talking about legislation because clearly uh, one country cannot claim to be able to legislate over other countries in the world that are, are sovereign nations. So, uh, SOPA and PIPA were both approaches to try and head off piracy that was uh, hosted in in uh, in countries other than the United States. Like, how do you protect... The interests of companies within the United States when the mm-hmm. attacks themselves or the, the theft or however you want to frame it is occurring outside the border. Well, CISPA is not about that, at least not on its surface. Right. Uh, CISPA was uh, – uh, truly it's – its the, the actual purpose of it according to the act itself is – and I quote – To provide for the sharing of certain cyber threat intelligence and cyber threat information between the intelligence community and cybersecurity entities, and for other purposes, and for other purposes, I hate that phrase. That's like the
1: uh, the job description that says other duties as assigned. Yes, exactly.
0: That is the worst thing to see on a job description, because you're (laughs) you're like I'm the senior vice president of finance at such and such. Like, go make me some coffee. What do you mean? Well, it's other duties, and I just assigned them to you. (laughs) Here's a broom. Start sweeping. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so – although that rarely happens to senior executives. True. From what I understand. Could. It happens to senior writers – Anyway, so the, uh, that's not, that's not true. I'm making a joke. I love you, howstuffworks.com and Discovery Communications, its parent company. Uh, the, uh. Some restrictions apply. (laughs) Your mileage may vary. The, uh, so yeah, this, this is really to protect the idea anyway is that it would help protect the United States from cyber attacks by allowing the government to share information that's normally of classified or secret levels. With other entities, which could include cybersecurity firms, so companies that are specifically formed around the idea of protecting data and making secure systems and detecting intrusions, that kind of thing, Yeah, as well as other companies. So internet service providers could be an example or even other types of private companies. It's also meant to allow these companies, these private entities that have no connection to the government other than the fact that they happen to be within the realm of the United States. uh, It allows them to share information with the government. And the key word there is it allows because the the fear among people who oppose this act is that it would compel these companies to share information. Mm -hmm. So in other words – uh, one of the main concerns of, around this act and it's it's a legitimate concern is that the government might come up to say a company like Facebook and say hey Facebook we suspect that there are eight or nine people that we have on this list who are involved in some sort of terrorism group cyber terrorism you know they're playing a big hacking attack and they have uh, they have accounts on Facebook, and we're able to access some of that information, but we really want all the information you have on them. So could you please give us all the data you have on these people, including all the messages they send to each other, messages they send to other people that are not connected to the, the, the eight names on this list, uh, their, their contact information, everything you have on them, we want. And then Facebook would say, sure, here you go. And that's the big fear is that this would allow the government to get access to private information that most of the time we would say the government has no business knowing. Uh, and they would do it under the, the umbrella of trying to protect national security from cyber threats.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, if you actually read the, the, uh, the full proposed legislation, which I have, uh, you see that, you can kind of see where, where the, the representatives who introduced this. In the United States, we have the House of Representatives and we have the Senate. These are our two bodies that propose legislation. And once it passes through one body, it has to go to the other and pass through that one as well before it goes to the President of the United States who can then either sign the, the, the uh, bill into law or veto it, uh, or just let it sit there. That's <laughs> really, those are the three options really. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the President of the United States currently has said he would veto CISPA. Uh, vetoes can be overridden, but that's, you know, that's kind of beyond the scope of this discussion. Anyway, it's, it's gone through the House of Representatives. It'll next go to the Senate. It was passed by the House of Representatives. Yes, it was passed, uh, the vote. 248 to 168. That's right. And it was not straight down party lines, but in general, more Republicans voted in favor of it, and more Democrats voted against it. But it, but there was bipartisan support and bipartisan opposition. So it's not it's not cut and clear. It's not like this is a Republican issue. Now this is this is broader than that.
1: Yeah, and as a matter of fact, you can you can see different uh, lists of the organizations and companies that are for and against it. And the same thing you'll see uh, you'll see there um, some of the companies that you might expect to be uh, for it are against it and vice versa and some of the other uh, lobbying groups and uh, grassroots support organizations that, uh, you know, try to get people involved in, in issues like this. Um, it's very interesting to see the people who are working together for or against the bill.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, this is another example of how CISPA is different from SOPA and PIPA because SOPA and PIPA, there were quite a few major companies, technology companies that opposed that legislation Right. Yeah. Soap and PIPA, like you know, companies like Google and, and Facebook uh, opposed those. But in,
1: in fact, sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. But some of them were were very outspoken. They, they uh, had the Internet blackout day. Yes. Where they would take their sites, uh, you know, make the first page sort of, uh, uh, well, this is what you would see if this legislation passes and it would be a very drab, you know, uh, stark contrast to what you would see on the, you know, everyday site. Yeah,
0: either the site would be taken down or there was like a censored bar over the logo. Yeah. And you like could that. proceed
1: from there into the site, but, you know, it would be shut down and right. like when you first got there. Just and, and with an know. explanation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that it would uh, inform people what was going on. Well, some of those companies are actually in support. Of CISPA. Now, not Google. Google has yet to come out one way or the other yeah. on the issue. A lot of
1: them are, are mute on the, the topic.
0: Right. But Facebook said that uh, they supported or they the company representatives in Facebook spoke out in support of CISPA. Mm-hmm. And uh, Microsoft did as well and then sort of backed off. But um, there are several companies that have spoken out in favor of it. And uh, again, that that illustrates that there's a difference here. Now, there were points during the debate of CISPA while it was going through the House about adding in language or inclu- uh, or modifying language that would also have it apply to intellectual property theft.
1: Yeah, the Center for Democracy and Technology used to support the bill, but uh, dropped off after the bill was modified.
0: And then that language subsequently was dropped again, uh, prob- pretty much at the last minute, so that it didn't. It didn't expressly include intellectual property theft as one of the reasons for the bill itself. Uh, and like I said, the bill really – what it, what its purpose is is to allow intelligence agencies like the FBI, the CIA, the NSA. Uh, these are all intelligence agencies within the United States and law enforcement in the case of FBI. But uh, these are uh, agencies that are all about collecting information and using that to try and – uh, protect the interests of the United States mm-hmm. and the the issue is a lot of the information is very sensitive and the government is not allowed to share that information with with non-government non uh, uh, certified entities
1: yeah don't talk badly about this information it will start to cry
0: well at any rate the, <laughs> they, they are not allowed to actually share that information yeah. by law and this this legislation would allow them to then share information with parties that could actually affect whatever's going on. So for example, if the uh, CIA has uh, has created some dossier about a, a domestic group of, uh, of folks who are trying to get together and cause problems on the internet, mm-hmm. let's say that it's an anonymous group of people. Uh, let's say the CIA has gathered up this information. The see CIA, did there. the CIA may want to pass on this information about these anonymous individuals to uh, to private companies. Mm-hmm. They might be cybersecurity companies. They might be internet service providers. And the purpose of sending that information might be to help head off an attack, or to uh, to just be on the alert for potential attacks, or maybe even to track down these people so that whatever intelligence agency is interested in them can actually go and say hey you know we need to talk <laughs> yeah remember um, that thing you did or you were going to do about uh, that we need to chat about this so the then you know the, the idea of it being all about sharing information on the surface seems like it's a wise thing mm-hmm. in that the more people know about what's going on, the more likely they can head off disaster. Because that's one of the big issues about cybersecurity is that, you know, the systems, the systems can only be so secure. What can help us is knowing more about what's going on so that we can anticipate things and uh, either head them off or reduce the effectiveness of an attack upon any given system. The problem is that this is giving the government and these entities a little bit more freedom to share information than a lot of people are comfortable with. Um, and there the are things built into the bill itself that make it pretty worrisome. For example, one of the amendments, or, or not amendment, I'm sorry, one of the, the passages within this bill gives all the entities involved exemption from legal recourse. If they cooperate with the federal government. So in other words, let's say that your ISP sends the federal government a, a, a list of information about all the sites you visit, all the packets of data that you send through that inter- Internet service provider. They send that information to the government in its efforts to prosecute you for something. Mm-hmm. Well, you would not be able to turn around and sue the Internet service provider for violating your privacy because they would have exemption underneath this legislation. So, in other words, it's like a get out of jail free card for any company that is part of this, that's, that's, you know, sharing information in this way, right. as covered by this bill, which is scary. It's probably also why a lot of companies are like, yeah, I'm behind this because. This means if the government comes to me and says I need this information and I give that information I don't have to worry about a multimillion dollar lawsuit hitting hitting me and then uh I'm going to take a hit and my shareholders are going to be really upset because uh my company just had to spend all this money to settle out of court with this other person because we sent their information to the government. This this passage would say uh, yeah, you can sue us, but you have no grounds to stand on because the law says we can do this and you can't sue us. Yeah.
1: I wonder if there is a feeling among some of the companies that going along with this legislation would make the federal government more inclined to look favorably on them in other business matters as well. Yeah. I, I can't read their minds, of course, and I don't know that anybody has come out and said, well, you know, we really love the government because, hey, guys – you're awesome.
0: Within within the bill itself, there's language that that is meant to protect against that. But whether or not that holds any real authority remains to be seen. Like there's there's a passage in there that says that the the uh, the articles within CISPA could not be used for regulatory purposes. Mm-hmm. So the government would not be able to regulate the internet or internet traffic using CISPA as its foundation. Also, no entity can use the information that they're sharing to, uh, to gain a ad- competitive advantage over some other entity. So in other words, if you get you know, this information from the federal government, you could not somehow leverage that to give yourself a better business stance um, because that's not what it's meant for. Now, how that ends up being enforceable or detectable – you got me. I mean, yeah. I just don't, I don't understand, especially when you're talking about classified information, this information remains classified, right? So if the government has this classified information and they have authorized a particular entity to have that information, that entity can't share the information with other, other, you know, people. Mm-hmm. They, if they're within that umbrella with the federal government, there can be sharing between entities and the government, but you can't, release it to the general public. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how would the government, the government would have to acknowledge what the information is if a company were to try and use it to gain leverage in the competitive market space. Mm-hmm. Thus, the information that was private becomes public. This is problematic, right? Mm-hmm. How, where, where do you draw the line between, all right, this intelligence is all about national security and we need to make sure it's secret. We cannot acknowledge it. We cannot reveal it. And we need to make sure the market remains fair, and that companies don't uh, take advantage of this new uh, avenue of information. Uh, you know, if they if they do take action, then you've got a, a compromise between those two silos, and and that's a problem. It's not a big problem as far as the uh, average consumer's concern. The average consumer is more concerned about the fact of, hey, this is kind of like wiretapping without a warrant. Yeah. The government essentially can ask a company to give it information, and the company can give that information, no warrants, nothing no, – no legal uh, uh, loopholes that you have to leap through. It's just a request. Now, with that in mind, like I said with the way the information is worded in the bill, the company is not compelled to share information. Mm-hmm. So if the federal government comes to Facebook and asks for that information about those eight individuals, Facebook can tell the government – we're not going to share that unless you have a warrant. And in that case, whichever intelligence agency it is that's in question would theoretically have to go through the whole process of securing a warrant, serving it to Facebook, and then waiting to get the information. Uh, now, how likely is it that companies are going, that, that support this are going to do that? That depends on each individual company. For some companies, it makes perfect sense for them to say no. Because if they said yes, they risk alienating their user base. Mm-hmm. I know that if I, if I had an ISP and I found out that ISP was sharing information about users to the government without the use of a warrant, I would not want to, that ISP as is my ISP. Right. And it's not that I'm doing anything clandestine or illegal. It's just I don't like the idea of companies just freely handing over pr- private information to the government without there being a legal reason to do so. Right. You know, I mean that just that just doesn't seem right. It's almost the same as imagine having a government official show up at your door one day and that government official's job is to follow you around and watch everything you do and write a report every single day about everything you do and it doesn't matter if you're doing something right or wrong. That's just what they do. Wait, you you mean they don't do that to you. I, well, I, you know, not that you've known. I'm guilty. I feel guilty for putting you on that list. I, that was a great April Fool's joke, but um, it's had <sighs> it's implications that went beyond what I had originally intended. been five years, yeah. Well, you know, um, April Fool's. <laughs> well, yeah. I think the the um,
1: <laughs> I think the language in the bill is what gives people uh, so much trouble. Is that it? It's it started off broader, admittedly. Yeah. Um, but it's still broad enough where it, it gives a lot of power that, uh, um, you know, people feel that the government shouldn't have. Um, but, you know, that's uh, that's the nature of a lot of these these bills that have gone through. That was one of the main criticisms of SOPA. Um, so, you know, that that's what's given so much pause to a lot of these organizations that have come out against it.
0: Well, there's also there's a specific phrase Mm-hmm. within the the bill itself, which says notwithstanding any other provision of law. So <clears throat> what that means is that CISPA overrides All other laws, when it comes to sharing information, so any privacy law that would protect your privacy is negated by CISPA. Exactly. So if even if you had a state law or there was some other law in the books that would protect your rights as a citizen to specific private information, CISPA overrides it and says doesn't count. As long as it falls under this category, it does not count. And there's there's no burden of evidence on the part of any any. Entity, Mm -hmm. whether it's the government or the private company, to show that this is a justifiable approach for any given case. Mm -hmm. It's not like there's a burden of of proof that you must meet in order to count as this whole sharing of information to head off cybercrime. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there in the bill that says in order for this to apply, you must meet these criteria. Right. So in other words, you might as well just say privacy laws don't exist. (laughs) <laughs> because CISPA means that it's not, it's it, they don't they don't apply.
1: Right. Uh, well, Mozilla, uh, the the uh, organization that uh, creates and maintains the. Uh, Firefox Web browser made a statement against it that says, uh, while we wholeheartedly support a more secure Internet, CISPA has a broad and alarming reach that goes far beyond Internet security. The bill infringes on our privacy, includes vague definitions of cybersecurity and grants immunities to companies and government that are too broad around information misuse. Um, And then, you know, end quote. And then they uh, go on to say that they hope the Senate takes a uh, a. Careful consideration of the issues before promoting, uh, before passing this legislation. Right. So. And,
0: and we should also point out there are at least two other bills within the Senate itself that, that also are cybersecurity bills. Mm-hmm. And so that's a complicated matter in the Senate because it's, you know, it's, this bill would also address the same issues that other bills that are on, in consideration are already, you know, they're already there. So, yeah. So it may be that the Senate just says, you know, this doesn't even make sense because we have these other bills here that address the same problem but don't have the same issues.
1: Or, well, cybersecurity is sort of difficult to to capture anyway.
0: Yes. Um,
1: far more than than you know, physical security. Uh, there there are just so many loopholes and, and ways to get into uh, electronic systems uh, compared to a physical system. Yes. And uh, you know, they they're. they're it's difficult to to do and i think that's one of the reasons that uh the legislation is so broad um also it is much easier to um prosecute cybersecurity cases when you have the help of other agencies working together which is what the idea is is you know giving people the authority to share information like that
0: yeah but no the, yeah the the purpose it's, for it's it it's a challenge yeah it's it's i completely understand the government's approach i and and uh and when i say the government i really should say that um uh, that you know we're talking about people like uh representative mike rogers who was the guy who who wrote
1: this the original
0: yes he's the one who who wrote the original uh, CISPA language and um i can totally understand where he's coming from because one of the if you ever have read any information about criminal procedures about you know investigative procedures that that ended up being for cases that spanned either multiple uh, jurisdictions or you had both federal and state enforcement agencies involved. One of the things that always struck me whenever I read those reports was how much easier things could have gone had these different agencies shared their resources more freely. Yes. And in, in many cases, it's not that the agency is trying to Hog all the credit, which is often how it's portrayed, right? Often it's like the the law yeah. enforcement official who wants to have the collar, and he doesn't want anyone else taking credit for it. That's how popularly we perceive. Yeah,
1: this. I was going to say that's in all the uh, the TV shows right. about uh, justice and, and books, you know, legal things system. like yeah, law yeah, sure. novels
0: as well. Sure. But but in reality, the the case is that handling information is very delicate. You know, the way you handle information is of paramount imp- importance in any kind of investigative. Uh, uh, effort, whether it's uh, law enforcement or journalism, whatever, yeah, right the way you handle information is as important as i as anything else, and so whenever you get into a situation where you're talking about sharing information, you automatically have to worry about that because how strong is the link between the two entities mm-hmm. you know how how secure is that is the other entity reliable if you share information with that entity, is it going to actually affect your uh investigation in a negative way right. and these are a lot of considerations you have to make and so while it's easy in hindsight to say oh if only the FBI had talked to this one local police station sure. they would have caught this guy you know years before red handed very easy to say that in in hindsight same sort of thing here is that you know, you're thinking, well, if only all these different groups, whether they are in federal government agencies or private companies, if only they could actually talk to each other, then perhaps they could head off attacks from, uh, say hackers in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they might be able, cause you might have one agency that knows about it, but because of their policies, they don't share the information. And so the attack goes on as planned and, and people are hurt by it. The idea here is that by sharing all this information, we would be better off for it. The problem is that kind of ignores the impact it can make on the actual U.S. citizen. Yeah. So while it's while it's laudable that that representatives are looking for ways to protect our cyber infrastructure, which is as you pointed out, a very difficult thing to do. Uh There's so many loopholes, both technical and personal, in those systems that it's hard to protect. It's laudable that they're trying to do this, but unfortunately the fact that it sort of throws out privacy rights for US citizens means that it could potentially do far more harm than good. And it also could mean another step toward a very uh, big brother kind of government. And I often – I mean I love that kind of science fiction. I mean mm-hmm. I, I love the dystopian science fiction, this, so Brave New World, 1984, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you've got this, uh, this government agency that is really oppressive and intrusive in our lives. I honestly don't think we are anywhere close to that kind of level. But when you see stuff like this going through government and getting past, you think maybe that's not entirely unrealistic because these are – sort of paving the way to that sort of environment and I think most of us would agree that that's not a desirable outcome right like I don't want the thought police chasing me down all the time you know but uh, I don't again not to say that that's where we're we're definitely headed but when you see this kind of stuff you can say all right this it feels like it's a little just it's stepped just a little further away from the fiction side of the, right. of the bookstore sure. right? Like That's just edging a little closer to nonfiction. It's not there yet, but if we aren't careful, then that could happen. So it is completely understandable why people are uh, up in arms about this. Yeah, And um, it, again, just as understandable as it is that the, this kind of legislation is being debated in the first place. It's not an easy issue to solve. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. wish it were because then we wouldn't no we would have had a podcast about video games instead
1: <laughs> well it's or maybe uh, about star wars it is kind of funny though because uh, after the um, the uh, reaction the public reaction to sopa and pippa with so many people being aware of the bills especially mm-hmm. sopa um, um it's it's kind of funny to see how Cispa has sort of snuck in under the radar. So far few, fewer people are talking about it. Uh, I see more information on it on, in the, the tech uh press than I do in uh you know the the uh, general media. Um so it's it is kind of funny that uh it's being um it's out there and mm-hmm. people are in, uh, interested in it and, and curious about it but it's uh, far on on a far lesser scale now um if you are interested in it um i would recommend a uh, an interesting site that you might go to uh, opencongress.org mm-hmm. um there there's a lot of information there especially uh uh you know, on, on all kinds of things, not just CISPA. This is, um, this is basically all kinds of legislation that's going through. And, uh, if you're a member of the, the site, you can vote yay or nay on it, whether you're interested. Um, it, it's sort of a, uh, straw poll, if you will, on how people feel about it. Of course, it's, it's completely unscientific. And if you're, uh, uh, you know, somebody who lives in the United States, you can, um, use tools on the site to write for or against legislation, uh, to your, um, uh, representatives and senators, which is a pretty cool tool. Yep. Um, so I would totally, uh, recommend that site to anybody who's interested in it, but it also gives you an opportunity to read the, uh, the text of legislation, CISPA and others, um, and see where it is. No, we should, where it is, we should also how mention, far it's gone.
0: uh, whenever you read this legislation, uh, it, for right. the layman, it can be a little dense.
1: I was gonna say, try not to doze off.
0: Yeah, cause, uh, you know, you gotta remember, our, the United States is, is, uh, governed by lawyers. Uh, so, I mean, this is, this is about creating law. Yeah. So it's written like a law. It's, it's legal language. Uh, doesn't tend to be so dense that it's indecipherable. Uh, and also, I should mention, CISPA itself is one of the more, uh, succinct pieces yeah, of legislation. It's what, like 11 pages. 11 pages. 11? Uh, 11 pages oh, in the PDF document is, that I had.
1: The one I've got is 18, but.
0: So, uh, yeah. So, of course, I did not include the amendments that were added in. I had those, I had to read those separately, but. I was yeah.
1: disappointed that there weren't any pictures.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, what, after all the pictures of various kinds of pirates in the SOPA and Pippa stuff, you know, some of them will let you cl- uh, connect some dots and some of them you could color in the peg leg. I and, like
1: the uh, swashbucklers.
0: Yeah. The, the buckled swashes were awesome. <laughs> uh, we're obviously being uh, a little silly right now, but no. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really good. And, other nations also have similar tools depending upon where you are and, and the kind of government your nation has. Uh, so it's always good to to take into account that sort of thing too. do some research, see see what impact you as a citizen can have. And in some cases, it may be that you want to uh, to contact a, a representative, a senator, whatever. And mention that you are in favor of something. You know, not everything has to be. Ooh, this is bad. It's going to destroy the world. It's also good for you to show support for things that you think are really um, uh, applicable and important. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think taking an active role as a citizen is a really important thing to do. I've done it on on multiple occasions. I probably still don't do it as much as I should, but um, uh, I'm getting there. And, uh, beyond just, you know, going to the polls and voting, it's, that should not be the beginning and end of your role as a citizen, if possible, especially if these things are really important to you. So, uh, anyway, that, do you have anything else you wanted to add about, uh, CISPA in particular? Uh, not in
1: particular, but I, I, I do think it's interesting that, uh, you know, this is not a black and white situation. You know, I, I, personally have sort of a gray view of of cispa where i i see some merit in it and i see some problems with it so um i think it's especially important to become as informed you know don't don't take accounts that you read uh online or or you know stories you hear in the news uh, don't take those uh to heart too much without uh, doing some research yourself and de- and deciding for yourself how you feel about these issues um at least that's my advice
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree entirely. So, uh, I'm going to go and have some chamomile tea. Okay, then. To settle my nerves so that we can record our second podcast of our podcast recording marathon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised, Jonathan, that you, uh, you, we didn't have, uh, the vein on the forehead.
0: I, I told you, I told you. It's, it's because, it's because things are not always, it's not evil empire versus the rebellion. May the fourth be with you. Um, <laughs> it's it's not that it's it's one group of legislators who are trying to tackle a, a legitimately difficult problem and perhaps going about it the wrong way, maybe in ways that you know they just don't anticipate the kind of problems that would exist. Whereas those of us who it could affect anticipate it a lot. So I mean, it's it, I understand it's a complex issue, which mm-hmm. is probably why I don't get so angry. Um, but if you want we can pick another topic and i'll i'll get really ticked off about it all right then how I'm about excited. how about the the progression of obi-wan kenobi as a character through the original trilogies and then the prequels of Star Wars. That really gets me mad. <laughs> our producer Tyler can let you know because I went on about a 10 minute rant about it before we started recording. <laughs> All right then. I'm excited. Uh, okay. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll chat about that offline because I mean, that's not really tech stuff, but you guys, if you have any requests for topics that we should cover, like why is Jonathan mad at Obi-Wan Kenobi? Uh, let us know. Send us a message in Facebook or on Twitter. Our handle there is tech stuff HSW or you can fire off a quick email our address is techstuff at discovery.com and chris and i will talk to you again really soon
1: for more on this and thousands of other topics visit howstuffworks.com
0: brought to you by the reinvented
1: 2012 camry it's ready are you